namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Tasmattaveha bhagavan atatavakkanam Shuklam tanum swadaitam kushala bhajanti Yat sattvata purusha rupam ushanti sattvam Loko yatsao payam mutatma sukham nachanyat. Yatsatvata purusham rupam usanti sattvam Lukayatabhayamutatma sukham chanchanyat Tasmattaveha bhagavanatatakvaranam Suklam tanum swadaitam pushala bhajanti Yat sattvata purusha rupam santi sattvam Lokayata bhayam utatma sukham nachanya Tasmattave Bhagavan Atakvanam Suklam Tanum Swadaitam Kushala Bhajanti Yatsatvata Purusham Rupam Santisatvam Loko yato bhayam utatma sukham nachanya Tasmat Therefore Tava Tava your Iha In this world Bhagavan O Supreme Lord Ata And Tavakanam of your devotees. 
Shuklam, transcendental. Danum, the personal form. Swadaitam, most dear to them. Kushalaha, those who are expert in spiritual knowledge. Bajanti, worship. Yet, because. Sattvata, the great devotees. Purusha, of the original personality of Godhead. Rupam, the form. Ushanti, consider. Sattvam, the mode of goodness. Lokaha, the spiritual world. Yata, from which Abhayam fearlessness Uta and Atmasukham the happiness of the soul Na not Cha and Anyat any other Translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada's disciples O Lord because fearlessness, spiritual happiness, and the kingdom of God are all achieved through the mode of pure goodness, your devotees consider this mode, but never passion and ignorance, to be a direct manifestation of you, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Intelligent persons thus worship your, trans- your beloved transcendental form composed of pure goodness, along with the spiritual forms of your pure devotees. Purport. Intelligent persons do not worship the demigods who represent the modes of passion and ignorance. Lord Brahma represents passion. Lord Shiva represents ignorance. And demigods such as Indra also represent the modes of material nature. But Lord Vishnu or Narayan represents pure spiritual goodness, which brings one realization of the spiritual world, freedom from fear and spiritual bliss. Such benefits can never be derived from impure material goodness, for it is always mixed with the modes of passion and ignorance. As clearly indicated in this verse, the transcendental form of God is fully constituted of eternal spiritual goodness and thus has no tinge of the material mode of goodness, passion, or ignorance. Oma jnana timrandasya jnana jnana shalakaya chakshurun mulitam jena tasmai sweet shri guruve namaha. Ima om vishnipadaya krishna prasthaya bhutala shumati tamal krishna goswami tiyamaya. Vancha kalpata rubyasya kripasinubhyavicha bhartitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityanandana Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasari Gauda Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So this verse um, talks about the modes of material nature <clears throat> and basically it says we want to achieve mode of goodness but not just mode of goodness spiritual mode of goodness pure mode of goodness um, so we can attain fearlessness, spiritual happiness, and the kingdom of God. And then it also goes on to say that modes of passion and ignorance are not direct manifestations of Krishna, while 
mode of goodness is a direct manifestation of Krishna. So, I ask you, what is mode of goodness? Shakshi. First thing that comes to mind. Helping people, charity, charitable works, kindness. Realization. So that actually hits upon pure goodness. So let's let's focus on material modes of goodness. Happiness, right? Bliss. Um, and the Bhagavad Gita, actually the Bhagavad Gita goes into much detail on the material modes. And probably the Srimad Bhagavatam does as well. I haven't studied it as much as I have the Bhagavad Gita. <clears throat> but um, in one... In the second chapter, it says, Routine work performed as obligation in terms of scriptural injunctions without desire for results is the is action in the mode of goodness. So one definition of mode of goodness is to act without attachment, right? We do our duty, and we don't have any expectations in return. The results will come, right? We just have to know that if we're doing the right things, the results that are meant to be will come. That's part of that faith. And so that's really hard, actually, right? When we do certain things, we have certain expectations. For instance, if you exercise and you eat healthy and, you know, you do these things, you have an expectation that you're going to lose weight or gain weight, whichever way you want to go. Um, but sometimes that always that doesn't always happen, but other effects might be there. Like, for instance, in this example of exercise and eating healthy, you might start to feel better and more energetic and have better clarity of thought. But those weren't the results that you were going for. So sometimes we just have to be accepting of what results come instead of being attached to certain results. So that is one definition of mode of goodness. And actually, you know, I've done a lot of reading and studying in, as Rasatva Jaswami says, TED-educated um, talks, right? And a lot of it has to do with bringing people to the mode of goodness, right? And acting without attachment is a big theme, as well as charitable works, doing for others um, is another big theme, as you mentioned. Um, Being happy, finding that happiness, and gratitude becomes a big part of mode of goodness. Because if we're grateful for what we have now, we're not hankering for what we don't have. Um, that's not to say we don't have ambition or want to achieve certain things, but it's that we're grateful for what we have now. It's kind of like, if I never had more than what I have now, I'd be really happy. But I'm still going to strive for more. <clears throat> and so it's that's a lot of mode of goodness is what we see um, being preached. I know a lot of people that really act in the mode of goodness. And... Um, but what we also learn in the Bhagavad Gita in chapter 14, he talks about, Krishna tells her, well, let's see, where's the quote? So there's a constant battle of goodness, passion, and ignorance. And sometimes we're more in the mode of goodness, and that predominates, and it wins out, it, it it wins the supremacy against passion and ignorance, and sometimes we're more in the mode of passion, and sometimes we're more in the mode of ignorance. But all three are always there in the material world. 
So really, no matter how much a person is in the mode of goodness, there's always going to be a little bit of passion and ignorance there. And and like everything else, it's always a cycle. So sometimes the same person in the same year can be in the mode of goodness one time, and then the next time you meet them, they're in the mode of passion. And that's because that there's a constant battle within us to have that are these, these different tendencies that we have. And so really what we want to do is transcend these modes. So how do we transcend these modes of material nature? Anyone? Chanting Hare Krishna, right? And chanting is really one of the most important activities that we have, that we do to... Um, transcend these modes and actually to attain Krishna consciousness. In the verse it says, um, intelligent persons thus worship your beloved transcendental form to compose of pure goodness. So chanting is a form of worship. Um, even in when we look at Christianity in the Bible, it's talking about chanting the glories of God um, from morning till night you know, joyful noise, seeing it, seeing the glories. So that's what we want to do. That's what we do with kirtan. That's what we do with our japa. We also have deity worship where we can um, have different forms of deity worship. My favorite, of course, is dressing the deities. Um, so, you know, that's another way. And then associating with other devotees helps us find that pure goodness. Um even if people are of different, you know, even when we meet devotees, sometimes we can tell they're mo- more in the mode of passion. But at the end of the day, they're still dedicating their lives to Krishna. So it becomes, it transcends all those modes. Obviously, it's easier to think of Krishna and to be on, to become more transcendental when you're in the mode of goodness. But that's the beauty of chanting Hare Krishna, is that we can get there from any mode even the mode of ignorance, just by chanting, we come out of the mode of ignorance and, you know, transcend. Now, we should all, you know, in a material perspective, we should all be striving to be in the mode of goodness because it's just easier. It's just easier to think of Krishna when we're in that the higher state of material nature. Um, so it comes down to chanting, we really want to make sure we're chanting. And I say that all of the activities that we do here in ISKCON as a Hare Krishna is to support our japa chanting. When we chant kirtan, it's to support that japa chanting. Because the importance of chanting japa, of chanting of mantra meditation by ourselves, is that that is developing our personal relationship with Krishna. And when we do that, you know, we get to, it's just, it's a relationship we get to see the personal form of Krishna. We have our own, our own Krishna, right? Uh, I was talking to some friends and we were talking about, you know, our relationship. And I was like, well, my Krishna. And the other person was like, well, my Krishna. And it's not that, you know, there's a hundred different Krishnas. It's just that we each have our own relationship and that becomes my Krishna. It's different than when people say, well, your God is like this and my God is like this. They're, that's a little bit different mood and mentality. But when we talk about, you know, my Krishna is different than your Krishna because my Krishna is mine. He's my relationship 
You know, that's my personal relationship to him. And each and every one of us has a really different personal relationship. And we find that out by chanting. So we read in order to support our chanting. We read Prabhupada's books. We read Krishna's pastimes. So that when we're chanting, we have something to meditate on, as well as the, the name. So it gives us a little bit more strength in our chanting. When we associate with each other... It helps strengthen that love and devotion to Krishna as well, and that comes out through our chanting. When we sing in kirtan, again, we're singing probably the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So again, that helps to deepen that connection when we're chanting in our individual basis. But our japa becomes the most important thing, and that's really how we transcend the modes of material nature. So... In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna 2.45, Transcend these three modes of material nature and be free from all dualities and anxieties and be established in the self. And that's, you know, getting in touch with our pure selves is, is by chanting. Now, you know, we try, I try to think of, in the material sense, goodness, passion, and ignorance, they're all there. And obviously we want to be in the mode of goodness, but someone who's in the mode of ignorance isn't necessarily a bad person. It's just that they're in the mode of ignorance. Same with the mode of passion. And really, as devotees, we really have to be compassionate for everybody for where they are, because that's also a quality of goodness, right? It's to be compassionate to every living entity. And so that's one of the things that you know I strive to do, is try to be empathetic to whatever situation a person might be in and think of it in that terms and it's so so easy to be judgmental when it comes to you know meeting someone who's obviously in the mode of passion even with devotees it's amongst devotees it's really easy to become judgmental instead of and so instead of that we want to place ourselves in their position and say okay how what are they going through why would they feel like this and to relate to them in that sense so, that is what I have. What questions do you have for me? I think the clear-cut difference is really the mood and the intention, right? So, is this done in the mood of helping others, myself, or is this done in the mood of serving Krishna? Right? And so there's nothing wrong with serving others, but we know that watering the root helps, you know, um, nourish the entire plant. So if the root is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, then if we serve Krishna, then we automatically serve man. That's not to say that we don't do any actual service to man, right, to each other. It's one of the tenants of of Vaishnava serving others. Um, And part of serving others is is to see yourself humble, right? So uh, that's where that comes in. Again, the intention is that it's really more that you're focusing on Krishna and you're saying, okay, I'm pleasing your devotees to please you, right? And so... Technically, every single one of us are devotees. Every living entity are devotees. Some people realize it and some people don't. 
or some people are on the path of realization and some people aren't yet. Questions? You had a question? Is it regarding what we talked about? So let's focus on what the verse and what we talked about today, and then we can maybe discuss that at another time. Okay. Okay. Right, yes. Um, Prashadam is very potent. I've known, we see, actually we see here all the time, people coming to the restaurant and eating Prashadam, and they'll come for years and all of a sudden they'll be moved to come into the temple room and see the deities and learn more. Um, Often that's the best we can do with all the living entities that may not be on the path of realization is to give them some Prashadam. And Prashadam is just fun. It's it's we are the Prashadam movement, right? <laughs> Feasting, chanting. Are there questions from the back of the temple room? Well, we can end here if there are no further questions. Then we can have Prashadam. Remember, today is the Kadasi, so technically we're fasting and feasting, if that makes sense. The dualities of the material world, right? (laughs) We feast when we fast.